With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. Take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses. Wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds. Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Joy Keys. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Also, we're now on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Amazon Music, as well as here at Blog Talk Radio. Oh, and iTunes. So you have a lot of options. If you're listening to some music or another podcast, you can tune over, check out our show, rate us, follow us. All those things are appreciated. Wow, this morning I should be in the skies, but I'm not because of COVID. (laughs) But I have someone who has been in the skies a lot. Um, She has flown planes all over, and she was actually part of the first airline operated by an all-female African-American flight crew. She is a board member and director of development for the nonprofit organization Sisters of the Skies Incorporated, her name is Stephanie R. Grant. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Joy. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's Saturday morning, and a lot of people sometimes like to sleep in, so I appreciate you waking up and uh, calling in. Now, are you Central Time, yes? No, I'm Eastern uh, Standard Time. Oh, you're I live Eastern? in Atlanta. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, you live in Atlanta. Okay. All right, so that's, I don't feel too bad. Sometimes people are in different parts of the country, like even the West Coast, and they're calling in, and it's like, woo, too early for them. <laughs> in the I morning. wish I could sleep in. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. They do not let us sleep in. <laughs> oh, no, five years. Oh, my God. I remember those days. Wow. So, like, that's a big question. How do you balance being a mom and your career because, you know, do you, do you get to choose where you flew, you know flew in the past? The balance used to be really difficult, and really we take it one trip at a time. And I have to be honest, if it wasn't for my husband, I absolutely did not know how I would have been able to have this career. He's a retired veteran. He did 20 years in the Army. So it's a okay. role reversal of some sort. 
also, at, when I go out to work, he's at home with them uh, 24-7, and it works out perfectly for our situation. Um, but my kids are still mommy's kids. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so <laughs> they, they look forward to me coming home because my husband is a little bit more strict than, than I am. So that's how I'm able to balance it, being able to do what I love because I have a supportive spouse. And uh, it's hard being on the road four or five days a week, uh, but we make it work. And thankfully, I really do love what I do. So it helps in the whole balancing act. How long would an average flight be for you? Do you have a a set route or do you do a variety of routes? There's no set route. Uh, It is whatever they have on our, we call it a pairing. And a pairing is what you're going to do that entire three or four day trip or it might even just be a one-day trip. Um, so it may be a short segment, maybe from Houston to Dallas, or it may be a longer segment from Houston, because I was, I was based in Houston, um, Houston to a city in Mexico, which could take a few hours. So um, it is whatever they uh, put on your schedule is what you fly, and it's, it's normally not the same thing every week. Now, how long have you been flying planes? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. But you started yes. in the service, and then you went to learn about planes. What, how did you make that decision? Like, I want to, I want to learn even how to fly a plane. Right. So I grew up in Sumter, South Carolina, where there was Shaw Air Force Base. Even though there, at the time growing up, there was no one in my family that was military or in the Air Force. I had an uncle that finally enlisted in the Air Force and took me on base once he was stationed back at home in Sumter. A seat was planted for me. I did not know how to navigate my dream of becoming a pilot. I just automatically Mm. assumed I had to go into the service. So I wanted to attend Hampton University. I got in. I joined Mm -hmm. Army ROTC because there was no Air Force. (laughs) There's only Navy Mm -hmm. and Army at Hampton. Um, But going through the whole process, I wasn't chosen to become an uh, Army aviator. So I went in, I did my chosen field, the the field that they gave me, and once I got out, I used my GI Bill to go to flight school in Florida. So that's how it all happened for me. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. you think it's going to happen one way and you have to make a decision like, am I going to go left or go right? Am I going to give up on my dream or figure out a different way how to do it? And that's what I had to do, figure out a different way. What's the hardest thing you had to learn when you were actually learning how to fly? What's what the different, difficult thing that a lot of people may have a problem with? You know, Joy, I hate to say this, but for me, it was all of it. <laughs> Um, the aerodynamics. <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh. It, it was. It was weather. Even our mentees, they still call us and chat with us about like, how do you guys get through the weather? Learning about weather, aerodynamics, just the mechanics of how an airplane flies. Um, mm-hmm. I was I was brought up in a single parent home, so I didn't have a male figure around to teach me about the stages of an engine or how to change tires or anything, anything mechanical. I had no knowledge of that, no base of that. Um, So for me, I had to learn it all 
And one of the mm. things I try to tell people is that even if you're in unfamiliar, uncharted territory and you think it's hard, if you just have to be realistic. Is this something I can learn? And if it's something that I can learn, it doesn't matter what it is. I know that I can hurdle over whatever obstacles are in front of me. Now, will I be ever be an uh, NFL football player? No, that's unrealistic, right? But if it's, something that, if it's something that I can truly learn and put an effort toward, then I know that I could do it. So it was tough, but and that's why I'm here. What's your favorite flight you've taken so far? Is there a favorite place you like to fly to? Anywhere that's warm <laughs> and tropical. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's most of the the world, right? Um, yeah, and it's and getting hotter to... every day, right? <laughs> You're right. Um, so yeah, any place that, especially if it was winter time, you know, where I am when I take off, if we're able to go somewhere that's warmer, um, I always like uh, the Florida Keys or Key West, um, anywhere in the Bahamas or the Caribbean mm-hmm. itself in Mexico was always nice. But also we will go to really small towns that I personally never heard of. Um, And there's really some joy and adventure in places that, you know, a lot of people have don't know anything about. So I would still try to get out and learn or or figure out what's great about that particular city um, that I, I particularly had never heard of before. When you're wearing your uniform and you come, I guess, out the cockpit or go into the cockpit, have you seen some, like, eyebrows, raised eyebrows, or people are surprised to see this black woman as the captain of the plane? Absolutely. We get, and and I can say we because I've had this conversation with um, a lot of the other black female pilots, um, we are still an anomaly, right, because at mm-hmm. one time recently, until this year, it was less than 150 of us that flew commercially. Um, okay. COVID has been great in the aspect that some people were able to um, not work and just do all of their flight instructing and earn their hours and now are in a position to get a job or get their commercial certificate. So that's been a blessing for a lot of um, them in flight school. But as a professional pilot, whether you're in the cockpit or dragging your suitcase down the the, uh, um, concourse, there are many times that I've had people come up to me, want to take pictures, want to ask me about how did, you know, because they've never seen a black female pilot, how did I get there? I've even had, prior to becoming a captain, um, I've had some innuendo comments from the person I was flying with, and they would say, well, nobody's ever stopped me <laughs> to take a photo. And oh, I would have boy, to educate them and, and <laughs> Educate them and say, well, because they see someone like you all the time, but when there's a little black or brown girl in the airport and they see me or one of my uh, colleagues that have hurtled through becoming a pilot, they are excited and they want to know about mm. how did we do it because it's not a normal conversation at the dinner table growing up that this is a career that they can um, they can actually take a look at or even strive to be. 
And I can tell you this one story. I was so excited. It was my first flight as a captain, and uh, we landed in this very small town in Texas, and there was a a, a government figure that came on board okay. that had secret service. <laughs> and one wow. of the secret service one of the secret service came up because they have to give us their paperwork. So she was, she was a black female. And when she came on the flight deck and I, and she gave me her paperwork and she asked to take my picture. And I'm like, I need to take your picture because I didn't know that there were black female secret service, you know? So look at that. Look at that. Yes. There's so many, um, different roles that black women, and I say 2020 has definitely been the year of the black woman, um, that we are crushing glass ceilings. We're letting people know that we make change. Um, Everything that we do, we put 150% in. And don't think that we can't make change happen because we do. And my work with our nonprofit organization, I'm sure we're going to talk about that, is really showing that when we put our mind to do anything, that the world changes because of what a black woman puts her mind to do, the world can change. Yes, yes, definitely. I mean, and uh, Sisters of the Skies, I came across you. I can't even remember how it happened, but I, you know, I'm always researching for different people to come on the show and also just to enlighten people about the roles that African Americans and people of African diaspora can play. Uh, in in this globe, and I was like, oh my God, yes, black women. Oh wow, and they have a nice photo of you know all of the uh, female pilots just together as a group. And I was just like, wow, this is just an amazing story. How did you connect with that organization? Um, were you one of the founding members? Um, now you're director of development. How did that start? So we started out initially as a social group. Um, We organized on a a chat and on Facebook, and that was in 2016. Um, But Mm -hmm. as we grew and we knew that there are other black aviation organizations that have been out there for a long time, but there was never anything focused on how do we increase these numbers, these dismal numbers of black female pilots, professional pilots, like there's barely, we barely had cracked a hundred female, black female pilots. So we wanted to organize. So we became a nonprofit. They created a name. Um, I was not at the very beginning, but I was, if you could draw a very thin line, I was right there right after the very beginning. Um, Okay. So, so once we organized, we had to figure out what was our mission. Our mission was scholarship, mentorship, and outreach. A lot of people don't know that it's extremely expensive to go to flight school. And if you want to fly for a major airline like UPS, FedEx, Delta, American, United, Hawaiian, like you have to have a degree. So mm-hmm. on top of what it's going to cost you to have to get your degree, you are then going to have to pay Seventy-five to $100,000 to get all of your flight ratings. So we wow. knew we had to focus on fundraising for scholarships to bridge the gap because a lot of our ladies will start, but they can't finish, or it will take them so long to finish because they just cannot afford it. And we could go into, you know, we probably have to come, <laughs> I may have to come on another Saturday to talk about, you know, 
how at banks and borrowing money for people of color is totally um, offsided, you know, so it's hard for us to get financing a yeah, lot, a lot mean, of ways. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, but people buy houses, people trying to get a car, you know, all these things. This still goes on. I think with social media now and 2020 being what it is with the COVID and George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, all these things happening. But social media, I think, really has opened the eyes of America and the globe about what people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis that, you know, people didn't believe before the difficulty African-Americans had, you know, they're like, oh, you guys, you know, you had a president, you know, this, blah, blah, blah. You got people going into space. I mean, you know, what's the problem, you know, Uh, but it still happens, but I think it is getting better. Do you have a favorite plane that you like to fly? Do you like smaller planes or you like the big ones? Is there one that you like more? Uh, I'm, <laughs> I like any plane that doesn't have a mechanical issue, right? So I know you guys have been in. <laughs> yes, I, I know you guys have been in the airport and you get on the plane and they're like, oh, and you wonder why haven't we pushed back or why haven't we taken off? And it's because uh, we got to go back to the gate because something's not working. We got to get maintenance on or whatever. Um, so yeah, I've had I. I enjoyed flight school with the smaller airplanes. Like those were what I learned on. It was my first experience, you know, and a lot of people still, I still hold my flight instructor rating. So even though I haven't been back in like a Cessna um, or Duchess aircraft, I I would. Um, But a jet, of course, like they're they're all good. They always say the bigger the better. Um, So I'm just thankful that I get to fly any airplane because that office in the sky is is fantastic. So you mentioned about the weather issue in terms of, you know, how did how do you overcome dealing with the weather? What are some um other issues maybe you've had while you've been flying? Have you ever had the oxygen mask come down while you've been flying? No, I can honestly say I have never had a major emergency in flight. Never. Um, most pilots also have that same story, that they have never had um, an emergency. Did, one time we did lose some pressure. Um, the passengers didn't know that, but, of course, we did up front, and basically we just descent, made a descent to a lower altitude where it wouldn't make a difference. Um, okay. So, but anything major, like losing an engine and we train for all of that, so I've never had a major emergency in the cockpit, never. Have you had to jump out of the plane, like, during your training with the parachute? Did you have to do that type of thing? No, ma'am. <laughs> I, had the opportunity to, I, I had the opportunity to when I was in the military, and I said, you know, I will jump out of this plane as long as it's on the tarmac. Um, I, I'm not going to oh jump out of, out of a perfect perfectly good airplane. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of soldiers that are airborne air assault that do that type of stuff. It's a part of their mission. My hat's off to them. They are the best. Um, so, but yeah, I, I chose not to do that. Now you said that the organization um, Sisters of the Skies, they have scholarships. Um, they can go to the website, a person and apply um, it, it, does it explain about the prerequisites and those types of things? 
Absolutely. So you asked me earlier about, like, director of development. So that is my role as a part of the board. I am the director of development, which is my job is to create unique ways for us to fundraise um, so that we can provide these scholarships um, for young ladies of color going through flight training. Um, Our scholarship window will open in January. We usually have our scholarship gala in the month of February of every year. We cannot have it in February. We we decide to push it back because of COVID, but we will award scholarships um, virtually. We'll have some type of webinar or something. So there will be a scholarship application process. It will be on our website, so people just need to make sure they follow us on all social media platforms. We are Sisters of the Skies, which is S-K-I-E-S, and um, just our newsletters will go out, they will know, and the application will tell them what the prerequisites are and if they're able to apply. And then our scholarship gala next year will be in Atlanta, but it will be in June. Now, you also have the mentorship, and how does that work? Um, somebody applies for that, they request a mentor. How, do they, how does your organization connect a younger pilot with a mentor? Yes. All of, all of the above of what you said, we have um, twice a year that that window opens, and I believe it's in March, and then the accelerated program is in June. Again, that application will also be on our website, sistersoftheskies.org, and if they're plugged into what we're doing, we will announce it on our Facebook page, our Instagram page. They fill out the application, the chair of our mentorship program, will then have like a mini interview to see where they're at, what their goals are, and then once they're in the program, they are paired up with a um, Sisters of the Skies member, um, which is a professional black female pilot, and they have different um, things that they talk about every month. They're connected, and all of my mentees are like family now. Like they we talk all the time, not just the once a month prerequisite of the program. <laughs> um, because we, I tell people, once you get connected to us, we're more than an organization. We're a sisterhood. Um, and it's unlike anything that I've ever been a part of. And I've, I've been in the military. I'm a part of a sorority. And this, what we've created, is really something special. It really sounds like it. Um, I saw, are you guys still selling calendars? Um, for fundraising, is that something that's still happening? I know. We sold out. We're, we have a board meeting tomorrow uh, to decide if we're going to order another bulk. Uh, and, of course, once you sell out of anything, like everybody thinks, oh, they're just saying they, they only have eight left. <laughs> it's like, no, we're, really, we only, we only have eight left. And then when we're sold oh, out, boy. they're like, but I want to buy some for my family. Um, so, you know, cause we don't like to carry inventory. So if there's enough people out there, we may do another bulk order. Um, but we are sold out at this point yet. Well, everybody, if you need a calendar, you better email them or tag them on social <laughs> media and tell them, please reprint, 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 because <laughs> otherwise you're not going to get it. But it, that's a really nice gift. Um, it's also nice to just share with other youth in your area. If you're working yeah. with youth uh, in your area who are looking for careers, if you're a teacher, you know, a, a social worker, all these things, it, it's really nice. 
I think uh, to share or at least have up and be visible, that alone could change a young person's trajectory, you know, about where they're going and what they think about they're going to do um, to see that calendar. Um, again, their, their website is sistersoftheskies.org, and they're also on Instagram and Twitter. So, like she said, follow the scholarship you said is coming up uh, in January. They're going to make some kind of announcement about that uh, yes. scholarship, yes? yes? Okay. okay. Yes, we'll make an announcement on our social media pages, and we'll uh, it'll be on our website as well. Now, these are some silly questions. Okay, what's your best? What's your favorite airport food? Ah! <laughs> what is my favorite airport? You know, I you know being a pilot is really hard on the waistline. Let me tell you, because it's hard. A lot of people are really good at. Um, packing their food, but sometimes I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. Um, so, and in some countries you can't bring food. So um, I try to look for some of the healthier options. Uh, and I don't think I have one. I may have to say, I hate to say this, but I try to look for a subway <laughs> in every airport because <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty much a, a healthier option um, for me. So I try to stay away from the fried stuff. And every airport, just like every city, has their own, like, type of food that you should try. But I really try to <laughs> try to have balance with that. Favorite location um, to just relax on, not flying, but, like, you as a person? Ooh. Like a destination or just a, a place like a park? Yeah. Destination that uh, you like no. to go to, you know, a city, a state, a country? Um, I think if I could vacation anywhere every year, it would probably be Aruba. Mm, I love I heard Aruba. that's very nice. Yeah. Yes, yes, I heard that's very nice. Okay, so yeah. um, now if you had the choice, are you going to take a plane, are you going to take the train, or are you going to take the boat? Oh, I love all three, but, of course, <laughs> you the like quickest way to get Yes, the quickest way to get anywhere is, of course, a plane. I mean, so if I've got to go to Europe or somewhere like Africa, of course, I'm taking a plane. Um, Mm -hmm. I really do want to take my children on a train um, to see the beautiful countryside and just be able to have that experience. I used to take the train home from Hampton to South Carolina when I was in college, so that was always a great experience. Um, my kids and I have been on several boats, <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully ca- Carnival and all those places will have, you know, come up to see once COVID is over. Um, but I do enjoy that, too, because it's so relaxing, and I don't have to lift a finger. <laughs> yeah, um, but if I had to, Yeah, if I had to pick, though, to get somewhere quickly, it would have to be an airplane, absolutely. You mentioned the COVID. How is your family dealing with that? Are you taking special precautions um, because you have children? Um, do you not go places or go places? What, what do you? What are your plans and how are you handling this COVID? Great question. I haven't flown since May because my daughter, who's five, has uh, asthma really bad. So I had to make the decision to take a leave of absence. And now I'm on furlough status, and I believe my company will not um, survive COVID-19, you know, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, 
so basically because I've been on the road, Joy, for 15 years, I really enjoy just being home. Um, I don't go anywhere unless it's absolutely necessary, maybe a doctor's appointment. Um, so we have our groceries delivered in. We, I know a lot of families are not dealing well with being in close proximity to one another all the time, <laughs> but we enjoy it. Like we're having a blast, and I think it's only because it's never happened for us, and I'm enjoying this moment and this time because it will probably never happen again for me once I start working again. Yeah, people are having a very difficult time uh, with the closeness of people and also the distance where you can't go see people, you know, older relatives, maybe your grandparents that are, you know, 70 or over and they're more susceptible. Um, Do you think you'll take the vaccine that's about to come out now? Boy, that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> if it was, if it was absolutely necessary, and I, I see that the trend is a positive one, um, I, I would take it. Um, I'm not sure if the airlines is going to make it mandatory or not. Uh, I don't believe mm-hmm. that they said so. Um, and of course, if that was the case, I probably wouldn't have uh, a choice unless I just didn't want to work. Um, but I. It's more for me positive than negative, but I do yeah. understand why some people will not take it, especially ones in our communities that are um, are like no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the history of African Americans. Yes. Yeah, history of African Americans in the medical, you know, industry is sometimes not so positive. Well, thank you so much for coming on this morning, Captain Stephanie R. Grant. Um, I appreciate you, you taking the time. You're welcome. You're welcome. And um, again, tell them the address, uh, Sisters of the Skies, right? Of that. Yes, www.sistersoftheskies.org. If you are feeling like you want to help us out, definitely donate. There's a donate button on every page. And we're on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Facebook at Sisters of the Skies, S K I E S. Excellent, excellent. Well, I hope everybody in your family stays healthy and strong, and I hope you get back to work, you know, when the time is right. Me too. I appreciate it. And make sure you peek in the cockpit. It might be me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Um, I just was speaking with uh, Captain Stephanie R. Grant. She's African-American female pilot. Um, And she is um, doing some amazing things with an organization called Sisters of the Skies. uh, And they have a website, uh, sistersoftheskies.org. They need your assistance. Please donate. Um, They also have scholarships they're doing for young female pilots. They also have mentorships. They're connecting women with other uh, pilots that are more established. So please um, check them out. Um, Also, you can check me out. I'm on Twitter, at Joy Keys, also on Facebook, Saturday mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Wow, you know, next week I have a special actor coming on, Coleman Domingo. Uh, He's going to be in the new film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's going to be on Netflix. You've probably seen him on Fear of the Walking Dead, and you probably just recently saw him on Euphoria. So tune in next Saturday for a wonderful conversation with him. I hope you've enjoyed the shows. I really appreciate your support. Please stay healthy, safe, wash your hands, 
and keep the six feet distance. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great weekend. To some, a baby's babbling doesn't mean much, but it does, especially if there's no babbling at all. Little to no babbling by 12 months or later is just one of the possible signs of autism in children. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 